the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Confessing that we are in a losing battle is an act of faith. It's not an act of weakness. It's not an act of, you know, despair. It's simply coming to grips with the fact that unless God saves us, there's no way for us to move on in life. Okay, that's what happened to you when you got saved. That's what happened to me when I got delivered from my sin. That should be what happens to anyone who comes to faith in Jesus. You know, we have a, a gospel nowadays that, that, that being packaged so that it's an easy thing to absorb. Okay? Uh, you know, we're being given a promise that, hey, you know, you just put your trust in Jesus and, you know, come to faith in Jesus. Come to Jesus. You have to have a come to Jesus moment and everything will be fine after that. Not that simple. I'm sorry to say. The gospel is good news. Amen? But nobody ever talks about the gospel being bad news. The gospel is both good news and bad news. It's good news because when we surrender to God and we completely put our trust in Him, we will be delivered, we will be saved, and we will be blessed. But when we reject the offer, we will spend an eternity in hell separated from God. That's part of the gospel. And to recognize that we are in a losing battle when it comes to saving ourselves, that's the first sign that we're on our way to a victorious life, to a life that God has promised we will have. God sees all of us in the same light. We need to acknowledge and confess our powerlessness and humble ourselves. That's the beginning of deliverance. There has to be that point in your life and mine where we say to ourselves, I've been trying to live this life on my own strength. I've been trying to live this life and make decisions out of my own wisdom, out of my own smarts, out of my own experience. And God says, yeah, you may have those experiences, but trust me, it's not going to lead towards deliverance, towards salvation. Nobody in this place can save themselves. Only God can offer deliverance and salvation. And he does it through Jesus. And that's the essence of the gospel. Why do you keep talking about this, Pastor? Why is this so important? Because we're living in a day and age when becoming a Christian is now just some kind of an easy thing now. Everybody calls themselves a Christian now. Especially this election is coming up. Trust me, every single politician will convert to Christianity for the next three months. Now once they win that 
office, believe me, their, 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 their true nature will come out. It's easy to say you're a Christian. But what's involved in really being a Christian? Coming to a point in your life wherein I got to surrender this life because I can't win the battle here. I can't save myself here. I can't possibly redeem and compensate for my own salvation. Only God can do that. And that's when it begins. And if somebody, if you're here this morning or somebody watching, you know, if you fight in a fight against God and God has been calling you, God has been wooing you, He's been inviting you to come to a relationship with Him. He's not doing that because He's a capricious God and He wants people to bow down to Him. We will all bow down to God whether you believe Him or not. At the end of time, God says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Whether you reject Him here, you'll bow down to Him one day. Whether you bow down willfully or not, you and I will bow down. Why not bow down right now? Why? Why don't people just bow down to the Lord? Because they still think that they have the way to do it. Not these four lepers. These four lepers understood there's no way towards salvation except to surrender and trust. Let's put the situation in the hands of God. And I trust that you have made that decision. That you have placed your complete trust. Scripture says, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. What is there in your life you're fighting a losing battle in? And you keep insisting you have the power to solve it. Get out of it or overcome it on your own. Let me just say that the humility to trust and surrender your situation to God is the first step towards deliverance from whatever issue you're facing right now. And of course, that includes your eternal salvation. You know, I was one of those people who grew up hearing the gospel. And you would think that I would be super holy, right? I grew up in church. I was raised in a church. And you would think that that's enough for me uh, to brag about being a Christian. <laughs> you know, I knew the lingo, you know. I, 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 I grew up among Christians. I mean, I know the language. I know the drill. But there's also something that I know that I'm the only one who knows except God. And that is the struggle that I had with sin. I knew I was a good confessor of Christianity, but deep inside I struggled. I struggled to overcome things. I struggled to, like, like maybe all of us here, right? I mean, there's that struggle until finally I get to a point where, you know, I, I'm not going to win this battle. This is too strong for me. What I'm going to do is if I have to crawl, I'm going to crawl onto the feet of Jesus. I'm going to crawl. Humility. You know, I can't solve it. There may be things in your life, you know, you've been trying. You know, it has no reflection on whether you worship the Lord or not. You know, you're here this morning, you love the Lord, but aren't you struggling with something? For some, it's lust. For some, it's anger. For some, it's hatred. For some, it's just that thing that was done to you and you just can't overcome. I mean, there are people in this room, you know, a little kid, when they were little kids, they got bullied in a, in a, in a, in a, in a park somewhere or in, in a playground somewhere and that stuck with them for the rest of their lives. I'm being simplistic but as adults right now we know we struggle with things that nothing less than complete surrender and trust with Jesus can remove. And it's a long battle by the way. Okay? 
Yeah, don't 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 beat up yourself when you still struggle with some things and you've been a Christian for 80 years. You know, as a pastor, I give altar calls a lot, and and you know, I, and I one of the, one of the things that I used to do in our old church a long time ago as a young preacher, I was stupid, I didn't know what I was doing, and I always give an altar call. If you if you are struggling with something right now, if you're struggling, let's say with men, you know, struggling with lust right now, I want you to know that God can offer salvation. I believe all of that still do today, but you'll be surprised how many people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s are coming to the front. People I've known. You know what? Now I remember those those days, and I cry because those men really understood that hey, unless I surrender this thing and continue to surrender this thing until God removes it, I don't know when that's going to happen. That's the right idea. You're in the right path. Keep on trusting because that's where it's going. Okay. God may say to you. You'll never overcome this struggle until you see me face to face. But if you don't back out, you will understand why I took you through that. <laughs> Romans seven twenty four to twenty five says, "What a wretched man that I am!" This is Saint Paul talking. Talking, okay. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Oh, but thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a good word. Now, there's a second thing that must take place in in our lives in order for us to receive deliverance and the blessings that come with our salvation, and that is there has to be a commitment to live for the better, a commitment to live for the better. What really fascinated me about the story of these four lepers is that they never gave up. They never gave up on life. Imagine being in that situation. You are in the midst of a very violent war. There was no food to be found, and you're a leper. I mean, wouldn't dying be the best escape? Wouldn't wouldn't they be just praying and saying, "Let's just end this"? Okay, I, death is the great escape. Not this four. They wanted life. They were committed. To trusting God until their lives get better. In our culture today, they say that death is more merciful. They're saying that death would be the easy way of escape. There's a lot of things in this in our country right now that you know. I, I cringe every time I hear. I mean, it's one thing to say that abortion is legal. It's another to say that once that baby is born, you know you can also still terminate that person. That's just wickedness. I don't know how else to say it. Now I understand that we, we commit sins. I understand that you know if we, we, we've gone through this thing and all of that, I can understand that there's reason after reason after reason that we can come up with. But nowadays, euthanasia is a viable option. So many people are saying, you know, the easiest way is for you just get me out of my misery. Now, look, I'm not judging anybody. If you think that way or feel that way, it's between you and God. I'm not. I'm not trying to fault anybody. If you go, you know, if I'm going through that, I don't know what I'll do. I'm being honest with you. But if we're going to make a decision, and if we're going to make an error, err on the side of life because God still has rule over our lives. 
even in the most desperate, despairing moment. Euthanasia is a very viable option to so many people. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that, that you know, I, I'm not trying to minimize the agony that people go through. I'm simply saying we can never give up on having God giving us the life that we need. Okay? Don't give up on the possibility of being delivered, of your life changing. God's still in the business of changing lives. He's still in the business of restoring relationships. He's still in the business of restoring what was eaten by locusts and delivering us and giving us a new start. I really believe that. There's deliverance and blessing at the end of every trial. It is true. That's what the Bible says. If we, the, 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 this leper says, if we surrender to the Arameans, they may give us food. They calculated this thing. If we go over there and surrender, we might get something to eat or, or they might pull out their swords and chop our heads off. Those are two real possibilities. But you know what they did? We're going to take that chance because we believe in preserving our life. If this decision to surrender to the Arameans is wrong, then we erred on the side of life. That's the biblical way. That's God's way. Paul said, of all people, he said these words, Philippians 1, 19 to 21. For I know that through your prayers and God's provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out to be for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What's he really saying? He's really, what, what he's really emphasizing here is the fact that I'm, while I'm here on earth, I go through all of these troubles. I go all of these trials. I serve the Lord. I try to please God. I'm doing my business properly. I'm, I'm, I'm conducting my life in the most respectable and godly way. And yet I get harassed from every side. I get, you know, pounded. I get imprisoned. I get beaten. But he said, but whether I live or die, I live for the Lord. That's Choosing to be committed to life. And that's what God wants to see in every person. There will be times in your life and mine when we feel that everything is going to be caving in. And let me tell you, focus on living the life you have, not for the sake of your own life, but for the sake of Jesus, who gives us the life. There's a final point here. That genuine trust and surrender will bring deliverance and blessings in our lives. How do we know that we really truly believe that blessings the third point is that we confirm our liability to that blessing in other words that we do not when we do receive a blessing when we do receive salvation and deliverance when god does save us and bless us that we are not to take it only for ourselves but we must show liability to it we must show that we need to share it with people, okay? Look at the final two verses. The lepers discovered that God had driven away the, the enemy, the Arameans. God sent an invisible army to drive the enemies of Israel away. And they heard the sounds of, of horses and, and they, they, they thought that the Israelites have hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to help them defeat them. So they ran even before they saw the enemy. The Arameans ran away and these lepers were just, they got into the camp and they, they entered the camp and boy, there was nobody there. 
And they entered the tents and they started eating. They started enjoying all of these blessings. They started enjoying all the clothes and the gold and the silver. They had food and all of that. And they entered the tent and they actually took everything that they can. And on their way out with all of these blessings, they realized, wait a minute. This is not right. We had been delivered today. We had been saved today. God has placed his hand upon us. Not only did he deliver us, but he gave us food. He gave us clothing. He gave us everything that we needed and more. Should we keep it to ourselves? He said, no. Let's go and tell this great news to the royal palace so everybody else can see that God has come through for us. That's how you know you've been delivered. That's how you know you've been saved. That's how you know that you're blessed. You just can't help talking about it. You just can't help sharing it. He just can't help saying to people, you know, I was blind, but now I can see. I, you can just help but say to people, you know, the God that delivered me can deliver you. The God that blesses me can bless you in more ways than you expect. Don't, don't try to pin God on a wall and say, God, this is actually the design of life that I want from you. I want you to save me and I want you to do this, this, this and that for me. Don't do that. Allow God to bless you in his own way. Allow God to deliver you in his own way. Allow God to lead your life. You won't be sorry because you'll have a real testimony. You know, a fake testimony is when you covet some other people's blessing, you know. Well, you know, brother so-and-so got this when he got saved, so I want God to do that for me. And, and then you propagate that kind of thing. And, and next thing you know, you, you are giving a testimony on behalf of somebody else. It's not your own testimony of what God has done, you know. It's a copycat testimony, you know. And sometimes, you know, God is saying, you know, I got my own plans for you. I, mean, I, don't, I don't deal with people uniformly. I treat, I love people the same. I treat people the same. I have love for them. My love for them is the same. But my plans for them are unique. God has a different plan for each and every person in this room. And you know what? When you receive that genuine blessing, you won't be able to shut up about it. You won't be able to do it. Believe me, you won't be able to do it. You will share it with somebody. You will tell somebody, this is what the Lord has done for me. You know, I heard a pastor one time illustrate uh, this, this thing, you know. He said in the, in the, in the Eastern mindset, you know, they show, they show gratitude by really broadcasting what somebody has done for them. You know, when, 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 uh, you know in our culture, you know, in the American culture, you know, you, you give me, a, let's say, a tie, you know. And, uh, and I say, well, thank you very much for giving me this tie. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, let me wear it, you know. And we wear it a couple of times. And, you know, it's, if it's out of fashion, we don't wear it anymore, you know. And we say thank you to the person. But he said, in the Eastern mindset, when someone does something really nice to you, what you do is you, you call people. You, you, you start a party. You say, hey, hey, everybody, come over here. I want to tell you something. Come on, come on, come on. He's going to let people gather. Do you know what this person did to me? He gave me this tie. And I want you to know that this tie is something that I share. This, this tie is something that means so much to me. I just want to thank him in front of you publicly. That's a completely different mindset. That's, a, that's foreign to us. Because to us, it's, you know, a nice thank you will be fine. 
But he said, no, the people in biblical times, they're going to call, gather their relatives, gather people if they receive something. You know what? God wants us to do that kind of thing. You know, when God blesses your life, he wants you to broadcast it. You know, he wants you to tell people, hey, this is what the Lord has done for me. You know, and, and, and our testimony become unique. It's unique to us. You know, it, it's, it's, it's designed for us. The blessings you and I receive, starting with our salvation and eternal life, and all the other spiritual blessings we receive are not meant for us to simply keep and enjoy. Blessings are always in the context of partnership with God. It always involves the glory of God. If God blesses you with something, if He blesses you with something in life, whatever the blessing may be, you need to share it. You need to declare that God has done that for you. And don't be pressured into doing it, but pray that God will reveal that in your heart. You know, when you, you, before you sleep at night, you know, I, you know this, is, this may be something simplistic and it's a cliche, but do you count your blessings before you, you close your eyes? Do you, do you, do you utter a, a big sigh and say, ah, thank you, Lord, for today? Before you start complaining about this COVID thing, think about what God has done for you in the past. Oh, there's a story in the Bible about David and his men. You know, the enemy came in and kidnapped all their, the wives and the kids of his men. They, they ransacked their camp while he was away fighting another battle. And, and they, they took his wives, his kids, the, 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 the animals, all their, they looted the entire camp. And the men of David says, we've been serving the Lord and this happened to us. And they had one person to blame and that was King David. You know what King David did? King David says, give me a moment. And King David went on by himself and he prayed to the Lord. And you know what he said to the Lord? God, I remember when you helped me kill that lion when I was taking care of my father's sheep. I remember what you did for me when that bear tried to attack. I remember what you did for me when that lion tried to attack me and how you delivered me from those things. And I remember Goliath. If you delivered me then, you will deliver me now. And that's exactly what God did. We need to share the blessings because God wants to hear it. Philippians 1, 26 Paul says, I am, If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. And convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. What's he saying? He's saying, it's better for me to die and be with Christ, but there's so much more about Christ that you need to know that I need to share with you. When you are a child of God, when you have been delivered, it's usually because you've recognized that you cannot fight your battles alone, that you need a Savior. You also know in your heart of hearts that wherever God takes you, wherever God is doing in your life, you know that that life is sacred towards God and that God wants to preserve that life. And if you do receive that blessing, God says you can't help but to share it with other people. I think that's a great, great way to look at the gospel, don't you? 
you know sometimes when 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 uh, when we pray and we try to invite people to come uh to do business with God you know there's always that apprehension what kind of business would I be doing with God I mean you know I'm I'm okay with God you probably are and I'm not saying that you know there's there's uh there's something that you need to uh to do more but what I'm saying is this uh, in in, our, in the course of our relationship with God there are times when you know uh we forget that we have an obligation uh, to share this message, you know, to, to people. And that, that this message is, is how God is going to penetrate the heart of people. Uh, if there's an issue that you're dealing with, an issue you're dealing with, you know, uh, you hear preachers say this all the time, but I, you know, I'm no different. I'm going to say this to you. Don't fight the battle in your own strength. It's fruitless. It's useless, you know. Christianity is not just a crutch, it's a stretcher, it's an ambulance, it's a hospital. Don't be ashamed to say it. You're not depending on God because you're helpless or hopeless. You're depending on God because you are a worshiper of God and you walk by faith and not by sight. There's more to life than God, than God you know, than you, than you, you think there is. Uh, don't give up on a dream. You know, you may be saying, well, you know, I'm 60, 70 years old, 80 years old. I mean, life's over. No, life isn't over. God still has plenty of things to accomplish. And also, if, if God has put you in a place where he has truly blessed you, you can't help but to share that with people. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.